I don't just come up here on Sunday mornings and just uh, wing it. Uh, I kind of draw from my uh, days of being an athlete is you need to practice, you need to prepare, and then that allows you when the time comes for things to go well. Um, here's a secret about you know that um, every week, uh, once a week in the summer, I go up and I serve at Johnsonburg. Well, now after like, I think it's been six years, I don't, I don't uh, write my sermon before Johnsonburg because I feel like I receive more from them than what I'm offering them as their chaplain. And every single summer, when it gets towards the end of the week, I have my sermon material because it's what a counselor said or it's what something happened, or it's what a child experienced. And then I get to share that all with you on Sunday. And then often that's some of the best sermons that I give. So I'm excited for this summer to be a chaplain. I'm excited for what we're doing as a congregation to come alongside uh, their capital campaign. And uh, this is now the time as we get towards the end of this month and everything that is provided on our website. If you would really prayerfully consider how you can support, uh, we would really appreciate it. So happy Ascension Day, everyone. Today, our scripture passage comes from Acts chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Hear God's word for us today. After Jesus' death, he presented himself alive to his disciples in many different settings over a period of 40 days. In face-to-face meetings, he talked to them about things concerning the kingdom of God. As they met and ate meals together, he told them that they were on no account to leave Jerusalem, but must wait, what the, must wait for what the Father promised. The promise you heard from me, John baptized in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And soon, when they were together for the last time, The disciples asked, Master, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? Is this the time? He told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. These were his last words. As they watched He was taken up and disappeared in a cloud. They stood there staring into the empty sky. Suddenly two men appeared in white robes. They said, you Galileans, why do you just stand there looking up in an empty sky? This very Jesus who is taken up from among you to heaven will come again as certainly and mysteriously as he left. The word of the Lord. A couple weeks ago, I shared with you how when something is said often reveals its significance. So when Jesus is with his disciples in the upper room, uh, and these are his last words before his arrest and crucifixion, when he said, love one another as I have loved you, those words were significant. Well, so are these words, literally his last words to his disciples before he's taking up into the heavens. And he says, and when this Holy Spirit comes to you, 
you will be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, beyond to the end of the to the ends of the world. Those are also some pretty important words. As Christ's modern day disciples, as the Holy Spirit comes upon us and gives us the ability to be his witnesses. Let us talk this morning about a couple of reasons why this is important. How many of you have seen this commercial? It's a luxury car commercial. There's a mother who's sitting in the driver's seat, the windows down, and she can hear the music of probably her child's band playing. And it's terrible. It is like clangs and bangs and everything is off key. And so what does she do? She rolls up the window, silence. She reclines the chair back, she closes her eyes, finally peace and quiet. End scene, that's the commercial. Now, I want you to imagine that Christianity is the most beautiful piece of Mozart that you have ever heard. Played to perfection by the New York Philharmonic. That was the life of Jesus. From beginning, middle to end, Jesus Christ lived out exactly what it means to be a Christian. He faithfully followed his heavenly father to the very end. And now in these verses, he calls us to be his witnesses, to be his reflections. Reflections to the world now that he is gone as to what Christianity is all about. Through our lives. Now here's the unfortunate reality. Too many denominations... Too many churches, too many Christians don't live their lives as if it's played out by the New York Philharmonic. We play it out like we're that junior high band. We play it pretty poorly. Sounds and blares and things that are off key, hard to listen to. Whenever we judge instead of love, whenever we promote war and violence instead of peace, Whenever we exclude instead of include. Whenever we ignore acts of injustice. Whenever we exploit our environment instead of stewarding it. Being responsible for it and looking after it as Christ called us to do. Unfortunately, those other actions are what too many people see. It's what too many people hear. And so they end up doing what that lady in the commercial do. They roll up the window and they want nothing to do with it. It's a reason. It's not the only reason why you look around you and these pews are not filled. It's a reason, not the only reason, why so many churches are closing. It's a reason, not the only reason, why the number of Americans that identify themselves as Christians continue to decline, especially among young people. They don't know that Christianity is the most beautiful piece of Mozart that they will ever hear. They don't know it in its true form. 
They don't know that Christianity brings joy and peace and purpose and hope to millions of lives. Because all they've heard is the screeching and the blaring and the banging of so many of us that have gotten it so terribly wrong. So they don't want to have anything to do with it either. They're not anti-Christian. They're anti how it's been distorted. Gandhi once said, I love your Christ, but I don't love your Christians because your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Christ's final words, which call us to be accurate reflections of Christ, they're calls to us here, right here at Long Valley Presbyterian. They're calls to you about how you reflect Christ to those around you. Given that reality, how we live, what we say, how we reflect Christ matters. You heard the saying, with great power comes great responsibility. Who said that? Yes, to my wife. I didn't give her that answer ahead of time. It comes from the Marvel Universe. It doesn't come from the Bible. It comes from Spider-Man's Uncle Ben. <laughs> I just want to make sure you're paying attention. All right, so this one does come from Jesus. And it is similar. And it is appropriate. Too much is given... Much is required. Know this. We're going to get it wrong. We are not Jesus Christ. We are going to make mistakes. We are going to mess up. If you are listening, you'll have noticed the disciples messed up in this passage. They were literally with Jesus for three years, traveling everywhere he went. They always got it wrong, even to this very last moment where they still thought that Jesus was there to use military power and might and violence to overthrow the Romans and to bring back the rightful kingdom of Israel to where they were. Master, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? Is this the time? Anyone know what a facepalm is? Here's just one more facepalm moment of Jesus with his disciples. We're going to get it wrong. You can count on it. But the striving to get it right matters. It matters to all the people who are trying to understand what is Christianity all about. And the more we get it right, the more people will recognize how amazing and life transforming it is. So how do we get better at it? How do we become more accurate reflections of Christ? You're doing it right now by being here, by being connected to a faith community, by regularly coming to worship and hearing God's word, hearing God's word to the choir. Sometimes I hear what they sing and what they're singing about, and I feel like better than the sermon that they're about to hear. It's amazing. You get it from a daily devotional and find one that fits you and what works for you. You find it by being a part of the choir. You find it by being a part of a men's Bible study or a women's Bible study. When you 
practice. An instrument. You get better at it. When you practice a sport, you get better at it. When you practice being a disciple of Christ, you get better at it. And then when we come together, it's like bringing all those different instruments together, all those different gifts and talents, and it becomes something beautiful. Then people recognize it and they say, wow, that's amazing. I want to be a part of that. Sign me up for that. And so that's the first reason why it's so important that we be accurate reflections of Christ, because it does positively or negatively impact the impression that others have on Christianity. Here's the second reason. Because living as an accurate reflection of Christ will positively impact your life. You will live a richer, fuller, more abundant life by living like Christ. Now, it won't be easier. It'll actually be harder. But it will be more abundant. I pay attention to the different ways that people go about living their lives. And there are so many different approaches. You can go down the path of just fortune and fame. Try to make as much money as you possibly can. Try to get as much nice stuff as you possibly can. If I were to look at those people that have gone down that path and recognize that their life has the most joy and meaning and purpose and fulfillment, I probably wouldn't be your pastor anymore. Because I would go down that road and try to make as much money as I possibly can. But I don't see it. I don't see it down that path. And there are so many other different paths and approaches to living. You can go the other direction, become an atheist, and not want anything to do with religion at all. But I don't see it in that path. You can go down the path of just living in a bubble, wanting nothing to do with some of these tragedies and painful events that we've talked about, and just live in your own little world. That doesn't work. You can go the other direction and try to think that it's your responsibility to solve all the world's problems. It's all on your shoulders. I haven't seen that work. In all my years, I have not seen another approach that makes me think, now that's the one. That's the approach where you live the best life that there is. And if I did, I would go down that route. But when I look at the many lives who's experienced the most peace, the most love, the most joy, the greatest sense of purpose, the greatest ability to overcome terrible tragedies in their lives, who've made the greatest impact on the lives of those around them, I see people who live accurately as reflections of Christ. I truly do. And so we have well-known examples of people like Mother Teresa, Frederick Douglass, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Dorothy Day. But I want us to focus on people in your life that you have seen, that you have recognized their faith is their foundation. Their 
have, they have a joy that just exudes who they are. They have a sense of positivity and hope that you can't even understand. And they take their Christian walk seriously. They practice it regularly. And as a result, their life reflects Christ. And so others see Christ through them. I remember being in Northern Ireland and as an associate pastor, one of my jobs uh, over the course of the weekday was from one to four, I would just go to people's houses in our congregation and I would knock on their door unannounced and it was just part of their culture. They'd let me in. I'd sit in their living room. They'd offer me tea and cookies. They called it Bickies. So we'd have tea and Bickies and we'd sit and we'd just talk. Talk about their life. Talk about what they're going through. Finish in a prayer. And like I do here and where I've always been, I always finish and I always ask the question, do you want to pray or should I? 99% of all people always want me to pray. Not the great Stanley Jackson. The great Stanley Jackson was called great because he was a professional rugby player in his younger days. He was really good. And he had stardom and fame and fortune. He'd go to all the after parties, after the matches, and yet his life seemed empty. And then Christ came into his life and he became a Christian. And his life changed forever. And so whenever I would go to his house and I'd say, do you want to pray or should I? He said, I'll pray. And his prayers were beautiful. They were heartfelt. They were genuine. They were humble, like the man that he was. And so I loved our time together. I love that. I admired him for who he was. He was admired and respected by everyone around him, and it wasn't because of his rugby career. Now, I received word a couple years ago that he passed, and I bet his memorial service was packed to the rafters. And if I would have had the chance to go and speak at his memorial service, I probably would have said to him or to the people that were there that his greatness And the vast majority of his life didn't come from his rugby career. It came from who he was. It came from that he was a beautiful reflection of Christ. And that by knowing him, I knew who Christ was. And so when I seek to emulate people at my age, I don't seek to emulate the Michael Jordans and the Tiger Woods anymore. I seek to emulate the great Stanley Jacksons of the world because his life accurately reflected Christ. Now I better know who Christ is. And boy, I wish when my time comes that they'll say the same thing about me. And so we have a challenge. We have an opportunity. We have a responsibility to strive to live as accurate reflections of Christ so that those around us may have a truer reflection of who Christ is and so we can live the abundant life that Christ desires for us to live. Amen.
At this time, I want to invite the Jordan family to come forward, get to celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism together. Gary, is this on? Okay.